Hello, you're listening to the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Steppen, and uh, boy, it is a crazy time. Today is Sunday, March 29th, 2020. If you're listening to this around the time of release, a month from now, a year from now, two years from now, you'll look back on this time as the age of the pandemic known as the coronavirus. Uh, It's been a very odd time, and uh, this latest podcast, today's show, I was really unsure as to when to release this, um, given that our news is so dominated by this pandemic. But as I was thinking about this, I thought, why not release this episode now? Um, It's an uplifting story, and it's about Bryce Moen. He's a gentleman from the Dallas-Fort Worth area whose daughter has required speech therapy from a very young age. Bryce had the idea of starting a nonprofit that would raise money for kids who could not otherwise afford speech therapy. You know, many of our clients need ongoing therapy and it costs a lot of money to provide those services. And especially for those kids who require year after year of services, those costs can really add up. And here in America, our insurance system doesn't always uh, provide. There are lots of gaps. And so this is where Chandler Speaks come in. So without further ado, here's Bryce Moen to talk about Chandler Speaks. back in 2011, I was finishing up my MBA at the University of Texas, and one of my professors said, if we're going to teach you to be a capitalist, we need you to also be a philanthropist. So I stumbled around for many, many years trying to find a cause that was necessary and trying to get on some nonprofit boards, but a lot of times the cause didn't reverberate. And a lot of times in the nonprofit space, there's a, there's a contribution that comes with with being a board member. So really, just waited till I had had the right cause to go after and and go off the deep end. So mm-hmm. that being said, fast forward to 2019, my daughter Chandler's five. She has uh, experienced significant speech impediments since she was around two years old. She wouldn't say anything more than, than mom at that point in time. And while our pediatrician had indicated that she would grow out of it, my wife and I politely disagreed and went through numerous meetings, including neurologists, ENTs, audiologists, speech therapists, to, to arrive at what's called an, an expressive speech disorder Obviously, you're aware of what an expressive speech disorder is in layman's terms. You can think you can think what you need to say, but can't necessarily physically get it out of your mouth. So right. that being said, the I would say the intensity of her of her issue caused her to uh, us to seek out speech, private speech therapy, which in the Dallas area runs about one hundred and fifty dollars an hour and is often not covered by insurance as insurance usually tries to generalize the treatment of speech language patients into one specific insurance code, which, as you know, you can have three different children with the same different di- same diagnosis, but three different treatments. So it makes it very difficult to, to code under insurance in, in that perspective. So yeah. the good private speech pathology clinics here in Dallas – do not accept insurance and you pay around $150 an hour. So it becomes very, very expensive mm-hmm. very, very to the point where if you don't make a, a very good financial living, it's, it 
very difficult for individuals to afford. So now Chandler can, has uh, now when you were talking about expressive uh, uh, language, were you talking about apraxia specifically, or that, that, that that's what they explained it to me? It could be apraxia. That's okay. just I think I think the speech pathologist really just, for lack of a better term, dumbed it down for me. Okay. So, uh, I'm not quite sure if that's the medical diagnosis. Again, that was that's how it was explained to me. Got it. So that being said, the then the light bulb kind of turned on after that point, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm fairly well educated. I've spent a fair amount of time going through this process for every year with my daughter. I've had the financial means. I've been blessed with the financial means to afford it. But if I didn't have those things working for me," If I was from a financially challenged upbringing or neighborhood or something to that effect, there's no way that this quality of care could be afforded for my daughter or son. So that was the springboard saying, you know, I should I should set up a 501 C3 that is focused on helping families that need private speech therapy actually get the private speech therapy. Yeah, I mean, I have to say I had when you originally emailed me, I don't think I've come across any charitable organization that I can think of that specifically was set up to to help with financial support for families seeking speech therapy. Um, and when you were, I, I think when you had first emailed me, and you were talking about how, ex- how expensive therapy is at $150 an hour, which is, you know, not unheard of in the United States, depending on what area you're in. But um, I, I know specifically, uh, when you were, when you had mentioned the word apraxia, the first thing that popped in my head was that the fact that one of the uh, best practices with apraxia is tends to be short but frequent sessions. So mm-hmm. it's not unheard of to have um, a, a kid seen two to three times a week, um, whether you're working in a school or in a private clinic. Uh, was that something with Chandler? Was she was she going more than once a week? Yes, she still is to that to that fact. Yeah. So when she started with private speech therapy. There's an organization here called in Dallas called Early Childhood Intervention, which is a state-funded program mm-hmm. that, she, that she saw twice a week. As you know, state-funded programs are light on money and light on resources. Yeah. And and frankly, ECI here in in Dallas, Fort Worth, is used as a training ground for the primarily for younger speech pathologists, and they go on to grad school and and to more accomplished clinics don't get me wrong it's fantastic but the speech mm-hmm. pathologist that we had was was very very young in career, her career and will do great things she just didn't have the experience that we needed at that point in time so right when chandler aged out is when we went to a different speech speech pathology clinic here in dallas but yes the instructions we received that she's supposed to be going with uh, private speech pathology two times a week for half an hour. And then she also goes to her in-school speech pathologist two times a week for half an hour. So she's going quite frequently, but to your point, working on repetitive skills, volume, Mm -hmm. those types of things. So, yeah, no, I I think that, uh, it's, you know, I've, I've always contemplated because I have a dual role. I work in the schools and I have a part-time private practice myself. And I've always thought, and just in terms of the financial responsibility of, of families that it is hard because I, I've always, I, I compare myself, um, well, I make the point of comparing my practice to that of say, like a dentist, 
So if you look at a dentist, dentists that typically will have, you know, easily over a thousand families that they serve. And so when you're only going once or twice a year, you know, for a couple of cleanings, assuming there's nothing else going on, you know, the occasional problem comes up, you know, maybe insurance covers some of it, but it sort of makes sense. But when you're having to go every single week, um, that's that's where the rub is. And, you know, for an average uh, individual in, in private practice, you know, they're only, you're working with a, you know, a handful of, of families. And for, it, it doesn't matter what you're coming in for, it's going to be, it's a, it's a considerable investment. Um, and you just hope, and everyone's insurance uh, plan is different. We have a very, I, I'm just just speaking to the roughly 30% of my listeners who are outside of the U.S. You know, the, the U.S. healthcare system is, is, I would call it, fragmented in terms of coverage, you know, depending on where you are in the country and the regional plans that are set up. Some people have uh, pretty good coverage, some people not so, and then you've got providers who are in network, providers who are not in network. So it's a it's a cool thing you're doing. And you started this in this just this past year in 2019, correct? Yes, I you know, I officially started in October 18 when I had to go through the pa- paperwork. Um, for those that aren't aware, your listeners, setting up a 501c3 is a very long process, getting through IRS approvals and getting the back office set up. So that took me about a year uh, from October of 18, and then I, we went by October of 19 where we started to accept online donations uh, through our website, www.chandlerspeaks.org. And similar to other 501c3s, we are now ramping up to other fundraising avenues, whether it be events, mailers, and other avenues. Again, the challenge is going to be primarily for 501c3 is the fact that you just have to get name notoriety and momentum going. So we're at the startup stage, just inching along, but we, we've received excellent feedback. We've, we've got good support from the, the necessary individuals and we're continuing to plow forward. An additional comment I should make about Chandler's schedule is there really has to be a time investment from one of your family members as well. Uh, I'd be remiss if I w- didn't mention my wife and the fact that she spearheads that getting Chandler to the physical clinical location, which can be a challenge for a lot of families as well. So not only does there have to be a monetary investment, but there has to be a significant time investment as well. And if if you can't work it into your work, daily work schedule, which a number of families cannot, it creates another challenge that is quite difficult to to overcome. Yeah, definitely. Now, your your organization, are you primarily serving, is your aim to serve kids basically within the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or, you, or is your reach a bit uh, farther than that? I would say initially it'd be Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's what we know. That's where our contacts are. Mm-hmm. If we catch lightning in a bottle and it can grow beyond that, that'd be fantastic. Uh, what we've seen so far, at least from speech pathologists that we've talked to and other 501c3s that aren't necessarily speech pathology focused, but wellness of children focused. There's certain demographics within certain areas that should, you know, that have the biggest need that you should focus on first and then kind of build up your momentum to that point. Primarily those lower income communities where the biggest challenge is not only monetary, but physically getting the children to the actual clinic for the session as well. I don't know if you have seen that at your clinic, but it's it's an issue down here where 
you may have a a mother and father that work very very hard but can't take an hour off their job to get their child to the actual clinic which could be several miles away from from where they're at at that point in time yeah i hadn't thought about that factor the whole transportation issues now you've partnered uh i saw on your website and chandler speak it's chandlerspeaks.org correct that's correct yes yeah and i saw on your on your website that you've partnered with a clinic um that's yeah what's the name of that clinic again it's uh the collier center it's run by the university of texas at dallas which is uh, located in northern North Dallas in an area called Richardson. Mm-hmm. It's one of the foremost speech pathologist teaching locations in the U.S. And they, they actually have a, the infrastructure in place to administer the pro bono sessions in place in terms of speech pathologists, clinics, data, research, all those things that are necessary, as you know, from a 501c3 perspective. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge you have to meet is I have to prove that every dollar in is getting sent to the children specifically. So until we got up and running uh, with more donors and more dollars, we wanted to be able to work with a quality organization that had a longstanding history here in in Dallas and get the name and notoriety that way. And they've been a great partner for us. They've helped us work through some of the logistical items that you have to work work through in terms of working with a partner and they they allow us to set up what's called a Chandler Speaks giving program or Chandler Speaks fund where every dollar we donate will be specifically designated for children that need those services that come from the financially disadvantaged backgrounds we previously spoke to so mm-hmm. we're we're getting close to making our first donation which will be very very exciting uh, which will be on the heels of our first fundraising event, which is our uh, first poker tournament being held on March 24th here in Dallas. So oh, cool. we're, we're picking up some momentum, some momentum, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. Now, now are you seeking to also form other partnerships uh, beyond uh, Callier Center? Or yeah, you- I would say yes. That there'll be our next step, and really, this is going to hopefully get to the point where we have a a larger donor that can come in and and assist us is Mm -hmm. what would be more of a mobile program where you have some contract speech pathologists or staff, depending upon how you wanted to set it up, Mm -hmm. go specifically into those lower income areas and, and work with specific identified students in those areas where the transportation wasn't necessarily an issue that will help exponentially, but you're talking a much more, intense dollar donation on the front end to to have people involved when you have speech pathologists and their annual salaries renting rooms and locations making sure they have the necessary tools so there's there's many steps that you have to go through and in in the 501c3 arena the it's it's almost like a startup entity, right? Your revenue can pick up over time, or your donations can pick up over time once you have a proven track record. Right. So it's yeah. a, a step by step process. So we start small. Mm-hmm. We still keep the Collier Center relationship going, but then also have another program going as well. So yeah, I, and I think it's kind of. I mean, I I'm not a, a businessman, but I would imagine that really focusing on building it, going local first and just building up relationships and really trying to get your presence in the Dallas Fort Worth area is probably you know the way to go at first. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, I would absolutely agree that 
because the, the people that we're talking to obviously are more Dallas based. We'd have to go mm-hmm. reach out and get some sort of sat- satellite relationships with, with other cities. Not to, not to say that that cannot be done, but yeah. it's easy to do once you have a proven track record to say, look, Chandler speaks has been in, been in, in business for lack of a better term for a number of years. These are the dollars we've raised. These are the children we've helped. We'd like to take it above and beyond the Dallas Fort Worth area. So yeah. I think it's definitely a stretch goal. It's just a few years down the road. Yeah. And then the other thing I was thinking of, I don't know if you've uh, approached, um, I mean, pretty much every state has their own uh, speech and language uh, hearing association for that state at the state level. Of course, Texas being a huge state, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's also probably like Illinois where there's regional um, sort of offshoots subgroups. So like North Texas, you know, Southeast or whatever. Um, but I'm sure like setting up having like a booth or presence even at the at the state you know, convention level probably would not be a bad idea as well to help get you get the word out. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're you know, we're taking this step by step, day by day. And yeah. so our board members are right now are, you know, an attorney and two businessmen. We're actually looking for another board member that is an actual speech pathologist in the DFW area that can actually help us learn about things on that side of the equation. Cause there's just, there's so much knowledge and so much that we've had to go through that we didn't even contemplate when we got this thing started. For instance, uh, we were going to go into school districts directly and start trying to work with them. <clears throat> but there's been instances where at least in Dallas or worth where a speech pathologist might who works for a district might say your your child should be seeing another speech pathologist for more intensive therapy mm-hmm. but then it comes back and it a it can cause harm on the school district because someone's actually tried to sue them here in the Dallas Fort Worth area before to provide for that additional additional care so it's very it's yeah. a very Touch and go subject. Yeah. I didn't contemplate that at the time, but I was I was very flabbergasted to hear that that was the case. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's just one of those things that you you learn through the process. Yeah, thorny issue for sure. Um, have now the other question I had was is was Chandler speaks uh, is your giving program or maybe there's no answer for this yet, but. Would it apply to say like a family who has coverage, but it's very it's very thin. So based on their total economic picture, yes, they have some speech therapy coverage, but it's it's virtually you know nothing. Maybe they have a, a an enormous deductible, and you know maybe that year they had some other type of hardship. Would it be like a case by case basis, or are you looking for a set number of criteria? Well, right now, that's why we've partnered with the Collier Center. Typically, their approach is if you apply for it, you receive the the therapy that is requested. So it's not intended to be so exclusionary to the point where they have coverage they can't apply. So if they needed a buffer, for lack of a better phrase, yeah, hopefully we could be that buffer. Uh, that's That's one of those learning curves that we wanted to get up to speed with while we partnered with Collier before we went off and did this other segment specifically because there's just a lot of, a lot of you have to learn at Chandler speaks is intended to be, if someone has need, whether it's to cover the insurance gap or, or cover all the dollars for their treatment is to 
to serve both arenas at the same time. So yeah. that being said, it's not meant to be exclusionary. You know, we, we say that, you know, uh, the main thing that I've tried to say to folks is, you know, a children's upbringing shouldn't impact their, their communication situation. And if they don't get it addressed, it's going to hinder them the rest of their lives. So let's agree. Let's, let's try to help individuals on a one by one basis to the extent needed and get them where where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. No, one step at a time. Well, I have to say, I, I applaud you for your efforts and uh, wish you a lot of success. Oh, thank you. Hope thank it you. turns out to be a, a really powerful thing. I think that, uh, you know, one family at a time, like you're saying. Yeah, getting, absolutely. You know. um, okay, so the uh, the website is chandlerspeaks.org. Um, is there any other information you want me to get out there uh, before we sign off for today? Just wanted to let people know again what the website website is and, and to your listeners, you know, just keep spreading the word of, of speech pathology in, in and above itself. Yeah. Uh, I myself was basically very naive about the topic until my, my child was impacted on a personal level. So, mm-hmm. uh, my hats off to each of the speech pathologists out there. It's a, it's a labor of love that is, is greatly Greatly misunderstood. There's so much science, so much art, and the and speech pathologists have this task of trying to marry the two, which which is very very difficult. So I applaud them all, and hopefully we we can see more traffic at ChandlerSpeaks.org. And if there's any additional, I'll give you communication probably directly offline if that's okay. If you have yeah. any of your that want to touch base with me they can do that as well yeah that'd be great and you're accepting donations right now that's right. correct go to go to chandlerspeaks.org click on the, the donate button and you will see where you can donate directly okay very good well bryce thanks for uh, being a guest today on conversations of speech pathology i'll be sure to uh, link to your to the website any other information you want to give me between now and i release this that's that'd be great so yeah okay Thank Thanks. you so yeah. much for your time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Again, if you're interested in donating or just finding out more information about Chandler Speaks, please visit the website at chandlerspeaks.org. I'll link to that in the podcast show notes. Remember to share any comments, questions, or concerns with me at jeff at conversationsinspeech.com. That's all for today. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you next time.